Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunday night Bible study. We want to welcome you in on Mike Springston FFC podcast and all of our listeners on Facebook. We're glad to be with you on this wonderful Sunday evening. We're going into part two of working in the spirit to accomplish the process of the plan of salvation. I hope you joined in with us this morning, took a listen to that. I think it will explain uh, some things to you. It will also explain exactly where you are located in the continuum of the plan of salvation. We want to welcome you uh, from around the world into our podcast We want to welcome you to contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. Don't want you to forget about our book, I Surrender. It's available on Amazon or in your local bookstores. Well, we're going to go into uh, session two here of our message uh, that we began this morning. Let's have a word of prayer, then we'll get into it. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, please speak through the Holy Spirit. Please bring us into understanding of what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. As you do through the Spirit of God, we will will receive it, and we will release it to your people. Thereby we can be corrected, changed, led, guided into truth that gives us a greater opportunity to be and live more like you. We give you praise for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Again, we welcome you. Uh, Those of you that are on, please sign in. We'd love to see you. Uh, If not, please enjoy the ministry of the Word of God. Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. Tonight we pick up with part two of the message, as I mentioned, entitled Working in the Spirit to Accomplish the Process of the Plan of Salvation. This morning we looked at how that peace that Paul speaks of that should rule you is exposed in the replications of the plan of salvation. At the cross, of course, we found out that peace is produced through love and forgiveness. I want to welcome you, David and Charles and Tammy. So good to see all of you. Peace is produced through love and forgiveness. At the tomb, at the, the impact of peace is derived uh, from a preserved spirit, and it produces in us the fruit of the spirit. That's how we know it. We can locate our position. In the resurrection, the peace that comes from identifying being in Christ Jesus is the operation of the righteousness of God. Of course, we can replicate safety that is provided for us by the peace that's associated with the priesthood. Now, of course, we can see how we 
replicate peace through love and forgiveness. We replicate peace through the fruit of the Spirit. We replicate peace by being in Christ Jesus and becoming the righteousness of God in Him and being robed with righteousness. We can see how the robes of righteousness uh, eliminate the garments of weakness and sickness. And we can see how that garment of righteousness brings us a very new creation. Now we go into the things that we didn't discuss this morning, and that is the priesthood, where uh, the peace that's found in that priesthood is provided in safety. How does it manifest? Well, in that position of safety, from being purged and cleansed and refined, we find that we come into a perspective of perfect worship. We are able to worship in the Spirit of God. We have a sense of worship that reflects the very holy nature of God and the eternal nature of you and me as we are replicated into his priesthood. Then we come into the next stage of salvation, which is soundness that is replicated to us in his lordship. How do we tell when we're operating in the peace of this portion? Well, when we're able to use his name to minister both to ourselves but against the spirit world, when we're operating from a new perspective of tongues, not necessarily the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but from a new tongue, from a new direction, from a new focus, we're speaking the name of Jesus Christ. We are operating and ministering to others and manifesting signs, wonders, and miracles that become the result of soundness and the Lord is working with us. Now, we often hear people say that these things don't operate anymore. Well, of course they don't. If you don't come into the portion that has been, been approved by God for that specific purpose and come into salvation in the understanding of that specific purpose, which is soundness, then we cannot operate in the peace of it and manifest it in the lives, in my life, against my physical body, or in the lives of others. So the reason it's not working in the general church today is not because it's not available. It's not because it's not approved. It's because it's not understood and not operated effectively through the plan of salvation. Now in the realm of peace in which we function in complete soundness, this occurs concerning our relationship to the physical world. We express the name of Jesus and we find that we cannot ask in that name enough. According to Ephesians 3.20, we can't think large enough with regard to the name of Jesus. Why is that? Because the name of Jesus so exceeds anything that we can identify as a need. Whatever the need is that has a name or a tongue, it bows at the name of Jesus. So when we speak things, two things, that heretofore were weak or beggarly, bruised and broken, held in bondage and in captivity, those things that we speak to from the position of lordship and having the peace of God that rules you, 
the manifestation of that peace will be that those things become strong. They become mighty. And it becomes the ability that is mighty through God to the very pulling down of strongholds. This, of course, all ministered in the, in the plan of salvation. So we can operate in the name of Jesus effectively? Is that what you're telling me, Pastor Mike? Well, of course. But only if we come through the plan of salvation in a way that has been approved by God. If we deny that the plan of His Lordship or the plan of His priesthood or the plan of the the deposit of the old sin nature, if we deny those things and say, you know, we're all just living under the awning of the sin nature, waiting to sin. I heard a man talking yesterday in a Christian relationship who realized that everybody may not go to heaven and that he himself may not go to heaven. And he said, you know, so I question, where is God? What is God doing? Now I want you to know, he said, I live in an illicit things. I do illicit things. I, I operate in illicit relationships. But I, I believe I'm saved. Well, my friend, that does not explain, that does not conclude that the plan of salvation has been undertaken evolved, grown in him, matured in him, and he basically is saying, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to work the plan of salvation to get there. Paul is clear, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. So we have the opportunity to operate in the plan that is approved by God. Of course, we come to the last uh, part of it. How do we know when we have attained the position of the man in the Godhead bodily? Now, the church argues and fusses about this. Many do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many do not believe that the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is ever that you would speak in tongues. Many would say and have come to our church and converse with me in private and said, I believe I have the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I don't agree with the way you all define it by the evidence of tongues. Well, let's look and see. How do we know when we're operating in the peace that is produced from the man in the Godhead? Of course, we know that the umpire who is addressing each of these phases and places actions of Jesus, replicating them in the Holy Spirit, and then replicating them in our spirit and serving as the umpire over them, we know that uh, he is addressing the rules of the stages of the positions of which we're coming into. So he is the one that is defining how we are to operate in each of the portions of the, or the measures of Christ Jesus that are given to us by grace. So when we come to the final phase, the rules are stated very clearly. They're shown to us very clearly. They become very defined in the spiritual domain. 
We now are totally, when we come into this man in the Godhead, the position of the Father, the promise of the Father, we are now positioned to be under the total command of Jesus Christ, where we hear his words and we obey his commands. Now, how do we know this? Well, we speak in the evidence, and this is the exposure of his peace as was, that was promised to us in John 14. So whenever we speak as the evidence from the utterance of the Holy Spirit, we begin to operate in the final phase of salvation, which is the phase of wholeness. We become, according to Paul, complete in him. We live now in that complete phase in the eternal position that we have gained from beginning at the cross and now working to the Godhead and the plan of God now approved by him has been brought to us a mechanism to know peace. Now, if you have followed me in this message, you know we can know peace. We know how to identify the peace that happened at the cross. We know how to identify the peace that happens from the death of the flesh. We know how to identify whether we have come in uh, to, the, to the resurrection and been delivered, deposited. What, are the, what is the benchmark of us being there? We know now what what is called, what is happening to us that has made us safe in that we are able to worship in the spirit and worship from a cleansed, purged, and refined nature. And we are able to produce worship that ministers in heaven. Then we come into the Lordship. What has been defined for us there that expresses peace. We're able to use the name of Jesus in at least five different ways that impact our physical world. We know that. We see that. It's in the scripture. It's easy to define. So when we come to phase six, which is our wholeness, we know that the wholeness comes from the promise of the Father of which Jesus released whenever he was seated in his final time at the right hand of God by the throne of God and out of him was released into the earth the thing that would make us know that we have come into the final phase of salvation, the gift of salvation. That gift of salvation comes to us through the evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Not one action of Jesus Christ has been left undone in the plan of salvation. We become whole in Him. We're complete in Him. We have the ability now to operate against principalities and powers and rulers, rulers of darkness of high, in high places under the condition and position of dominion. Why? Because Jesus Christ is now operating through us, speaking through us, guiding us, leading us, showing us things to come, and giving us what to speak. So as this wonderful plan of salvation unfolds and we get to the position where we are whole in him, we are able to expose the four things that Jesus promised us that would come about as the Holy Ghost came. Number one, there would be a peace. Number two, there would be a joy in John 16, in John or 15. 
In John 16, we would possess the spirit of truth. And then in John 17, we would come into the glory of Jesus Christ as the man and the goddess. So what would we do? We would operate in a constant and consistent place where glory, as it is related to, to Moses in Exodus 34, 6, is occurring. We come into the glory of hearing his voice. We come into the glory of being in his presence. We come into the glory of operating in his power. We come into the glory of presentation of the words of Jesus Christ. So we come into the fact that we now are living under the Lord, the Lord God, the Godhead, and we are able to expose his glory in mercy, in graciousness, in long-suffering, and in an abundance of goodness and truth. And how are we doing this? We are doing it through the Holy Ghost. We're doing it through the promise of the Father. We're doing it through the power, the presence, and the presentation that is given to us by the very words of Jesus Christ. So now we've been through all six stations, stages, of the plan of salvation, how we identify in them. And so before I go any further, I would say to you, where are you? Have you stopped on the continuum of salvation because you did not understand what salvation was supposed to do, what the acts, how the acts of Jesus Christ related to salvation, and how the Holy Spirit was going to work to replicate the acts of Jesus Christ in you. Now, in the first five works, those works have all been replicated in us by the Holy Spirit. When we came to the sixth work, that work was replicated by the pronunciation and declaration of what Jesus Christ did. He's the one that sent the Holy Spirit to be replicated in man so that man could have Jesus Christ commanding him, operating in him, working, speaking, and doing through him. Now when the Holy Spirit is there and Jesus is operating, now the plan of salvation can work backwards. You become a minister. And that minister operating as a witness unto Jesus now can go into the condition of lordship and speak with power out of his mouth because he's not speaking at all. Jesus Christ is now speaking. He can go back into the position of priesthood and he's not worshiping at all. Jesus Christ is worshiping. He can go back to the position of deliverance and minister from that capacity. Not him, but Jesus Christ in him, bringing out of him the hope of glory. He can go back and minister to people who are struggling in the flesh, show them how to come out of the flesh, and it's not the man that's ministering. He's simply being a witness to what Jesus Christ is producing out of him through the spirit world, the revelation, the word coming out of him. 
And then he could go back to the lost and begin to be a witness of Jesus Christ and share from the words of Jesus. Now what's happening here? As we operate backwards and the Holy Ghost is witnessing Jesus through us, those that are lost, as we speak words that are powerful, that come from the presence of God, and that are presented out of us into the hearer, guess what? Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. God is sending a preacher full of the power of Jesus Christ's word to preach and the lost hear and believe. Why? Because the Holy Ghost starts the cycle of work all over again. He begins to take the word of the presenter and the message of which he is presenting and begins to work in the life and in the heart of those that are lost. Now watch this now. But he doesn't stop there. He works in the heart and the life of those who are saved to show them how to work out this great plan of salvation. And as he speaks, he produces the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost catches on to it. And he begins to work in the life of those who have gotten saved but are still struggling with the flesh. He works in the life of those who are saved and have attempted in their very best to control their flesh, but that sin nature still pops off in them. They've not been delivered. So as the man of God witnesses the word of Jesus Christ and reproduces that, the Holy Ghost takes that picture and he goes and witnesses in the life of that man and woman who's saved who's attempting to live for Christ but is struggling to get rid of the sin nature and shows them how to do it. God has a cycle, my friends. We use it on Sunday morning and it's called giving and receiving. It all comes out of this great cycle. And as the man of God witnesses to what Jesus Christ is producing in him and presents that word, there is a power that comes out of that that activates the Holy Spirit, that activates grace. And power and grace begin to drill down into the lives of a lost man, into the lives of a new Christian, into the lives of an uneducated Christian, into the lives of an untrained Christian. And it begins to show them the path and the journey of the actions of Jesus Christ. And that man and woman begins to walk out of the flesh wherever they are and into the spirit. And having gone into the Spirit, my friend, they are able to come into the plan and see how God has portioned this great plan of salvation for the growth and the development of every Christian, every child, every loved one, every lost one. He has developed a plan for you and me so that we can literally draw near unto Him and have Him draw near unto us. What a wonderful plan of God. And the end result of that is we grow until we become witnesses unto Him. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit allows us to operate in an eternal walk even while in this earth. 
Why are these things not happening, Pastor? Because we are uneducated. We are untrained. We are unlearned. And even our ministry is leaving us on the precipice, virtually the precipice often of annihilation, where we become so vulnerable in our Christian life. We become vulnerable by doctrine. We become vulnerable by messaging. Because we do not see, understand, or ascertain, or perceive what God has prepared for those who love Him. And He has prepared a means whereby you can be charged with the power of heaven that equals the power that which, in which Jesus was charged with and able to hear His voice and be led in this day to be a witness unto Him. We're able to come into the glory of God. What a blessed thing to know. So when we learn to surrender to the elements that make peace, we surrender the parts of us that are equally bringing us condemnation and a path of defeat and death that actually defeat peace. Here is truth. You know exactly what those paths of defeat and condemnation are. You know where they reside. You know exactly where you are found in the salvation continuum. Paul defined those very clearly for us in Galatians 5 and Romans 1. We're not oblivious to these. We know where our deficits are. We just don't know where our strengths lay. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you where your ability to discard every weight of sin that does so easily beset you. That's what the plan of salvation is doing for you. But we've been told the misguided notion that God's grace will cause God to overlook all of our sin and all of our wrong. Can you not see now that grace, watch it now, is attached and attracted to one's belief system and to one's faith? Can you not see that both of these are gifts of God for your benefit? Can you not see that God made a plan for man to be able to enact with grace and with faith in such a way as to work out the plan of salvation for your benefit? What's the benefit of salvation? It is the benefit of the connection to the approved plan of God that is connected to every action of Jesus Christ that is replicated in man by the Holy Ghost by, faith through, by grace through faith that brings man into the position where man can go from forgiveness to preservation to deliverance to safety, to soundness, and to wholeness, and have complete dominion over every principality and every power that this earthly realm 
may be able to bring against you. Complete. You, because you are connected at every phase to the plan of God. When connected appropriately, grace will take you into the actions that Jesus completed. And when he does, he makes you virtually impenetrable and virtually untouchable by the adversary. Now, if you continue in these phases, ministering to yourself in these phases, do not leave this out and think that you've become hyper-spiritual because you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and overlook the fact that you're going to have to keep your body under subjection. You're going to have to make sure that you are clean and pure, that you are cleansed, purged, and refined. You're going to have to make sure that you have beaten out of you the sin nature and taken into you righteousness and all of that which will eliminate the garment of sickness and weakness. You can come into a place if you keep guarded and aware where you can literally live in the secret place of the Most High. There you will have a shield and a buckler. There there will be nothing to touch you. There you will live in perfect peace. How are you going to get there? You're going to walk and you're going to live in peace. And you're going to ensure that you leave no step nor stone unturned in the plan of salvation. You're going to get there because you're going to make sure that the peace of God is always ruling you. That the peace of God is always present. And when you find there is no peace, you begin to search. Why, God? What am I doing? What do I need to change? What do I need to repent of? What do I need to fix? Where do I need to go on the continuum of salvation to ensure? Because I'm not feeling peace about this right now. So I go to where I find that peace again. And then I move on through the continuum. Does it mean that you are no longer able to function in the highest level of salvation because the devil has attacked you? No, it doesn't. It means that there's nothing out there that's attacking you but such as it's common to man. With that common area, there's a way of escape. It's the plan of salvation. You have an advocate there. Go to the advocate. Get it fixed. Take care of every sinew, every piece of marrow so that you can walk in the place where you are complete in Him. Grace will not operate absent of your controlled belief system and your ability to appropriate it by faith. So what if I believe and express faith in the teaching that God will protect me by grace? Well, one must align his belief system and his faith with the teachings of Scripture. What does Scripture teach? Jesus Christ has produced the means through the plan of salvation for you to be free from the poverty of sin, the bruising of sin, the brokenness of sin, the blindness of sin, and the bondage and captivity of sin. Now if you by choice 
create and design a belief system to live absent of these pronounced and declared actions of Jesus and works of Jesus, then you have chosen to live under the condemnation of the sin and the law of sin and death. What you believe is not relevant, my friend, to truth. The truth of the actions that Jesus Christ did to produce and complete your total freedom. What you choose to glean, to pick, to pull out of the Word of God is not relevant to the truth concerning the actions that Jesus Christ produced to make you complete and give you total freedom in your life. His work, and only His work, His salvation, His journey, His path, was the path, the journey, and the salvation that was approved by God. It will be the only path, it will be the only journey, and it will be the only salvation that will stand the test of judgment. Peace in your heart is the place that the umpire will produce in those who operate free from the condemnations of the weight of sin. So, we must move with the Spirit. We must flow in the Spirit. And we must go where the Spirit leads us, takes us, admonishes us. And when we do, we're going to find freedom beyond measure. We're going to find victory that no man can defeat, that no devil can defeat. We're going to find an ability to overcome in this world in the way that only our Savior could. Think about that. Father, I pray that You'll minister to Your people, that You'll open our eyes, that You'll open our hearts. May we receive what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate and walk this journey with You and know that we have been there by the peace that resides in our heart. By the ability to be an overcomer. By the ability to operate in the way of escape against the common things that would snatch from us victory and would entangle us. But we're too smart for that because we've been educated by the Word of God and we know the truth. And the truth by the force of that truth, has made us free. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, our man, and the Godhead. Amen. Well, I've seen so many. I see Tammy and Jim, and I saw David and Charles, and, and I want to thank all of you for checking in tonight. May God richly bless you. We look forward to next Wednesday night. May God touch you and bless you and hopefully you can join us Wednesday night for Bible study. Under then to my Facebook partners, may God richly bless you and we'll see you at the midweek service. Facebook friends, find Jesus as Lord. If you do, you will find Him in absolute soundness in your physical world. 
Find him as the man in the Godhead, and from there he will speak to you and show you great and mighty things to come. I pray that you do. Until we have the opportunity to speak again, may God richly bless you.